0: welcome back to another episode of the in around podcast i'm one of your hosts we're hunting joining me this week like every week is joel linton superfan the number one sports media correspondent about joel linton and number one m dubs fan it's mike breslin
1: hello everyone
0: and (laughs) to to his right he is the mosley marauder the pucker (laughs) prince giving stats and tickling twats mr david harris do
2: you know what Well. That's the most inventive one you've come up with. We actually don't even mind it.
0: All right, it's in. Uh, there we are. We got the explicit tag about two minutes in. <laughs> there we go. Um, which is a real shame because I, I ballsed up bike's intro. Um, right. That's because, ladies and gentlemen, we're so excited about the Euros, which is a thing that's happening. Um, we've decided to come back to you sort of after the uh, round of 16's all over to sort of have a chat through what happened and then look ahead to some of the quarterfinal fixtures um well lads, i mean there really does only seem one logical place to start doesn't there because obviously a a monumental um results tons of football history behind it Uh, a, a nation finally overcoming those demons and putting together a performance worthy of their their footballing heritage and um so, the Welsh lost 4-0 to Denmark. <laughs> um, that was the first one. Perhaps the tight, perhaps the, the, putting down a marker, Dave, I mean, couldn't you look past the Danes for this tournament?
2: No, I'm not sure you can, well, to be honest. Uh, yeah. I mean, that they were with without Yusuf Polson as well. So, if he's back, uh, I think they're unstoppable, really. Yeah,
0: well, it wasn't the only person there missing, but. Um, well, yeah,
2: I know, but. Unfortunately, Eriksson can't play, so there's no point bringing him into the
1: no. That's a good point. Anyway. The fold.
0: And uh, I'd say
1: that I'm I'm also backing the the Danes because I I put some money on them before the tournament started to win it. it. I mean, but, th- 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 I mean, we haven't
0: seen we haven't seen such an accomplished <laughs> Danish attack on on the Welsh since. Ooh, 852 AD like <laughs> that's a little history gag for you um no Dave start start with this one because obviously the Welsh were completely comprehensively outclassed um yeah are, are you sort of surprised by how comprehensively they were beat in this one
2: yeah to be honest because against Italy I felt Wales held their own and they had a pretty big period of that game with 10 men and they actually looked a pretty solid team even with 10 men against Italy. So to concede four to Denmark was a a bit of a shock really but yeah, Denmark were quality and to be honest, Wales sort of let themselves down after the first 10 minutes where they actually looked quite bright they just never really got into the game, did they? They just never got a, a hold on the game, so... Yeah, credit to Denmark they were quality going forward especially so pretty exciting team to be honest to
0: watch. Yeah. St- could, sticking yeah. with sticking with like look taking a look at the the Welsh side of things Mike. Um we had them like pinpointed pre-tournament to, to sort of to really struggle and they got out of the group um obviously they faltered at the round of 16 given all the, the the trouble build up they have. What how do you think they can go away from this tournament? feeling about their
1: performance? Uh, I think particularly up until this game, they can definitely go ahead, away with their heads held high. They come up against what is a better Danish team than, than what they've got, really, if we're being honest. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think getting out of the group, to be honest, was an achievement in itself, given who they're in there with. Um, obviously, the Swiss will get onto later what they did uh, in this round as well, but you look at the Wales 1-11 or even the bench, um, and it's not really in the same league as quite a few of these other teams that have made it this far. So, yeah, despite going out with a bit of a whimper, um, I don't think there's too much shame on behalf of the Welsh. I'd, I'd be quite proud of them, uh, even just getting out of the group. Uh, I know it wasn't their last Euros, like in 2016, they obviously got to the semis. That was a bit of a bit of a one-off. Bale and Ramsey didn't really turn up in this game, but... Um, and that you're going to struggle if your two best players don't cut the mustard, as it were. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, it is. It is quite a. I think. that I think you felt for the Welsh. They couldn't really win in this game because, I, I I've. I mean, obviously you want to support the home nations. He says. He says with a massive wink. Um, but. I, I I find myself there's something about this this Danish team. There's something about the way they they've sort of like they've rallied together and they've they've they're really like a, a strong quality team that are full of like real characters. There's something there's just something about them that I don't think I I think they could honestly they could go far. They really could. I mean they're in the final, so they have already sort of gone far, but they could go further. Um,
1: yeah, I actually agree. I think they've they've actually got a good chance to keep this
0: going they're
1: they're just solid all over the pitch they all seem to know their roles Um, and obviously given what's happened to them they're they're all going to be pulling for each other and for Ericsson 110% I think
0: absolutely nailed on to beat the English in the semi-final Um, Dave on the Welsh front um, looking at the next Euros of course is only three years away and yeah but you, did this feel a bit like an almost a last hurrah for some of the the crop?
2: Yes. Uh, th- yeah, I think I said on the last one, I feel even even the World Cup's like 18 months away. This is probably, that, this is probably like Bale and Ramsey's last sort of tournament for Wales where they're going to be anywhere near their best. Um, and let's be honest with Wales, they don't produce players of Bale and Ramsey's quality all too often. So... Like Mike was saying, with players on the bench, I don't really see any replacements coming through massively. So they're going to be a much weaker team once Bale and Ramsey are sort of too old to be selected. So,
1: yeah. yeah, Their main hopes, really, I guess, are Harry Wilson and David Brooks on their bench, but they're not in the same league,
2: of course. Not even. Yeah, that's the thing. Their next best players aren't really even close, to be perfectly honest.
1: (laughs) disrespect
0: to dan james unbelievable oh get out <laughs> dan james honestly dan james should just one eye on the tokyo olympics rather than football because he's <laughs> rapid honestly.
1: yeah he is
2: rapid to be fair
1: he, he wasn't too bad for wales I, I will give him that but i thought he played fairly well to be honest yeah yeah he was fine yeah i would yeah. like to put that out there but yeah as Dave's saying you look around there's once bail and ramsey are gone it's it could be a, little, a bit of a tough watch for the next few years until they hopefully produce some other decent talent.
0: Yeah, well, if there's one ray of hope for Wales, it's they're used to being terrible at football. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's move on to another quarter final.
1: Um, oh, let's we, just quickly before we move on, of course, yeah. Uh, the red card. I don't, I don't. know if anyone can remember. Yeah,
2: that. but yeah, never a red card, Mike. Don't know what the heck the ref was. Oh, the like. Harry
1: Wilson one. Yeah, yeah,
2: I did not think it was a red card. It's it's a stupid tackle for him to make, and it's a yellow. But I I honestly didn't think it was a red card.
0: I wouldn't have given it, but I,
2: I, I could, guess you could say that I can he see wasn't why. trying to play because the ball. That's yeah? that, I,
0: that's that's why. Like he's not. He's because he's not trying. He's not even making a. An attempt, an to attempt to at play the like ball. That, yeah. that I think that's like you. If you, I mean, if you don't make an attempt to play the ball, you always get at risk of being sent off. Particularly when, particularly when it's a challenge like that, as opposed to just shoving someone down off the ball with a, your shoulder or something.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, I was never a red. Yeah, I didn't think it was.
0: It was. My, actually, while we're on referee performances, I, 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 I'm not a biggest fan of referees long time viewers of the pod will know um but i thoroughly enjoyed i thoroughly enjoyed the referee making the welsh wait as they did a var check on a potential fourth goal in like yes. the 93rd minute or something yeah i'm like that is i couldn't tell whether it was like pure utter shithousery or whether he was just like a total jobs worth but it was fantastic and that gif of like gareth bale throwing up his arms afterwards yeah just beautiful isn't it it's hilarious fantastic. brilliant yeah anyway let's move on um let's talk about italy austria um italy have sort of impressed in the early goings mike this wasn't such a dominant performance from them was it i
1: actually I actually thought they were pretty awful to yeah. be honest um uh, and in normal time austria probably were were the better side. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Italy just didn't seem to have any ideas how to break them down. They were really slow. Uh, and it almost almost looked like they were playing for extra time. It was very strange. I didn't think um, Insigne had a great game. Spinazzola again up and down that left side was good.
2: Yeah, he's um, class, isn't he?
1: But yeah, I wasn't overly impressed. Obviously, we, we saw in the group they swept that side pretty comfortably, but then you get to the where it really counts and they just didn't really turn up and that but i mean i guess we say that they're still through 2-1 after extra time of course so that's what counts i suppose <laughs>
0: yeah strength and depth i think is the quality came off the bench here because they, yeah. they brought they brought belotti off the bench and he also brought chiesa who i know a lot of people quite like um
2: I, of telly came off the bench yeah. i'm surprised he hadn't started maybe yeah. he was maybe he was uh bit tired or whatever but yeah he's, he's well, a great
0: player well, it brings the point dave because obviously the, the midfield the midfield for italy has has been built around um j5 because of course it would be um verati and um barella and obviously Verratti faced a real was, was not fit at the start of the tournament locatelli came yeah. in and he's done well he scored those two goals um i can't remember who against now, but he's scored a couple of goals um What do you make of the the decision to drop a player who's playing well for a more established player, particularly in a tournament where the games are coming so fast?
2: I mean, I personally always would prefer that the player who's there on form is starting. However, if if Mancini did feel that Locatelli was at risk of injury because of like overexertion, then maybe I trust him on that. But I think if you're dropping someone from the midfield free, uh, as good as they all were in the group, surely Locatelli doesn't get dropped because he, he was pretty much a standout midfielder, I would say in the group.
1: Other, other than J5.
2: I was going to say other than Jorginho, but I knew you would say that. Um,
1: I think Mancini doesn't know what to do with Verratti or Locatelli. He's um, only really got space for one. Yeah, I don't think he knows which which one he prefers still. What What would you What would you do, Mike? Though, based on how the tournament's gone, I, I would have struggled to drop Locatelli given what he's done so far. That I, I think I would have played yeah. him, and you can bring you can bring Verratti off the bench. Then I think I, mm. I think that would have been the way to go because you can keep building up Verratti's fitness, and then if Locatelli doesn't have a great game, Verratti can come in the next one. But I guess it's all down to trust, really, isn't it? We'll, we'll get onto England and Southgate, trusting Kane and Sterling and them delivering for him. So you go with what's been working previous for you, I guess. Spoilers?
0: God. Uh,
2: if
1: anyone didn't know this score, sorry about that. One,
2: one thing I would say about this game as well is, like, like we'd said before, Austria actually ran at Italy a bit and they sort of didn't really know what to do about it. Um, the, um, the oh, goal also, yeah, it was an amazing header from Monatevich, amazing header, and it was quite close. Like if that goes in, I think obviously Austria probably would, would have won one 0. unless Italy rallied at the end, which they may well have done, I guess. But yeah,
1: at that point, I think you're right. At that point, it, it looked like if that goal stood, Italy probably would have gone out. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> the way the game was going. it It was deserved I thought for Austria but yeah well it, it was really quite a,
0: a bit the actual goals themselves they were a bit of a sucker punch weren't they because I mean we haven't seen such clinical Italian attacking on <laughs> on, a, on an Austrian uh, border since uh, May 1915 Dave like, <laughs> I, just, I i couldn't quite believe it like I looked I, I went to, I think I went I went to get a drink and I came back and there were practically two goals were scored um Speaking of the goals themselves, Mike, um, what did you make of Chiesa's in particular? Yeah,
1: I'm actually just... It's been so long that I'm actually just watching it again. But the the touchdown and then to turn it inside and, mm. and just volley it into the back post, it's, it's a lovely goal, isn't it? It's um, beautiful. Yeah, really, he is some player this guy.
0: I mean, do you think he's... I mean, because... I'm looking at it looking I'm looking at Italy now and thinking they've got to have designs on winning the whole thing. Um do you think it's time to introduce him from the start because I I personally have not been convinced by either by Insigne or Berardi.
1: Yeah, I I would have him in from the start and also I maybe a bit of bias because he scored as well but Piscina's scored 3 in this tournament as well and he's looked pretty good and like like you will I've not been particularly impressed by by either of those guys that were on the flanks in this game, Insigne or Berardi, so I would... I'd be quite tempted to switch that up mm. myself. I think Immobile, you'd probably stick with him, because you can bring Bellotti off the bench, but yeah. I certainly would... I think I would start Chiesa, at yeah. least. Yeah, I would... Um, I would quite like them to start Immobile, because uh, I've
0: got a balance to be top scorer in the tournament.
2: Also, also quickly, we talk I'm about Persa for form, I thought um, Bernardeschi was class in the group and I was a bit surprised especially seeing how Barardi played that yeah, he didn't trust Bernardeschi to start again, really. I mean, I hope he does because Barardi. I don't know if you remember, I think it was first half had an awful attempt of a bicycle kick and that literally summed up his game. God, he was bad.
0: you got to go for it though, haven't you? you got go
2: yeah, I mean, to go for it. I mean, yeah, but he didn't even look he sort of hesitated, and that's why it skewed so far wide. He was like, oh, I'm not sure. And he was like, fuck it, I'm not going to head it from here. So he went for an outrageous bicycle kick.
0: Which, I'm going to be honest, I've got a bit of respect for. Um, OK, let's quickly talk about uh, the next game, which is... Let me check my notes. Is the oh. Czech Republic yeah. Netherlands. Now, Dave...
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, let's be honest, pal. We we haven't seen a Dutch disaster like this since it flooded in 1953. Um, <laughs> <laughs> seriously, though, like the Dutch in the groove stage were, were pretty decent, weren't they? And then all of the, and they've yeah. got a they've got an all right team. What mm-hmm. went wrong here? Because they were they were well beat in the end. Well, yeah, I mean. I felt to be honest
2: at eleven v eleven they they were in the game they weren't they weren't as dominant as a, as everyone had sort of predicted and and Czech were holding their own and and doing pretty well and matching them I would say, but obviously once the lit got sent off, they just sort of couldn't cope with the having a man down and ultimately Czech took advantage of that but even when it was eleven v eleven I felt that Czech Republic were well in the game, if not the slightly better team anyway. Holland just, for some reason, they never really found their rhythm. Um, and especially given that they, they won all three group games, I was shocked to not see them. Cause you think, you think at this stage, if a team's, it doesn't really matter who's in their group. If you win all three games, you're, you know, you're full of confidence. So you'd expect them to come out straight from the start. He just sort of didn't, didn't really do that. There was no sort of urgency with them. And with this check, team they i think they quite like that they're not a massively pacey team so if a team so wants to be a bit patient that that plays well into their hands and for some reason that's what holland chose to do and then like i say once they went a man down it was sort of a massive uphill task on there anyway
0: i mean it's, it's it's really difficult to know but mike obviously um just the thing is with the Dutch they turn up at every single tournament you always look at them as think perhaps they could they could do something but I I I felt going into this one and I know I know he's probably doing him a disservice because he was very good at Ajax but just seeing the name Frank de Boer made me a bit worried particularly given how he how he got on at Palace and Inter do you think this was just a case of them being set up totally just Unable to react completely after the sending
1: off. They they were not good. After, I mean, sometimes it's quite difficult playing against ten men. We've got obviously the the old saying about that as well. But the Czechs didn't have any trouble playing against um, this Dutch team with ten men. It's uh, yeah, De Boer. It's it's a bad one, isn't it? I th- is is he already gone? Yeah, he has. I believe he has. So. I mean, you can see why, because this team really on paper should be getting through the, the Czech team fairly comfortably. Although the Czechs actually are putting in a quite a good shift and they, they're they going to be tough to beat, I think, going forward. But but yeah, as far as the Dutch go, Marlin right before the red card, missed that huge chance. Um, yeah. When he was in on goal, that obviously would change the game if he sticks that away. Um, and... Talking about bad refereeing decisions, delict getting a yellow originally for that. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? If you can't send him off for that, come on, man. Yeah, so at least VAR got that one right eventually. But you're right, the Dutch were not good when they went down to 10 men. They weren't great with 11, but they were just awful, weren't they? Yeah. Um, so, i don't know where we, the ball goes next maybe china or something
0: well, i think he goes into uh, the retirement home um i think it on on the checks they've sort of obviously they lost to england drew with croatia it was a good performance and they beat scotland sort of by the seat of their pants in many ways um i mean i was looking at the, i was looking at them going in thinking yeah, I'm, I'm not particularly worried about these guys making a a long thing. I thought the Dutch, I thought the Dutch would really do do them in. but Davey, do you, how do you reckon? I mean, in the next round, let mm-hmm. let's, let's be honest, they're playing um they're playing the Danes, so that's yeah. going to be quite a good matchup. Well yeah. how do you see that one going?
2: To be honest, I I think it should be a pretty interesting game because Denmark obviously likes to try and take the the game to teams play to their strengths i should have mentioned them before but if you've been watching their games that dams guard i think he's about 20 yes. he looks an unbelievable player so their strengths are, are getting the ball out wide go and sort of just attack 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 really whereas checker uh, a bit like kufel and, and sucek what they're used to at west ham really they're happy to sit on the back foot and sort of just be more effective, like, more efficient, I guess, going forward. Saying that, Schick's having a fantastic tournament anyway. So, I mean, Schick's got four goals, I think, now. So, they should have a bit of confidence in getting forward anyway. But it should be interesting, because both teams have clearly proven that they're here on merit, for sure. So, yeah, I think it'll be a really interesting game, to be honest.
0: Mike, how can you see that one going... The Danes uh, versus the
1: Czechs. I think I think Check the Danes will probably be favourites, but mm-hmm. I think it'll be quite tight. The, yeah, the I think it'll be a tight one. You know they're going to battle, uh, and they can come up with a goal. Schick, obviously, we've seen. Suchek's always a danger from set pieces, particularly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't count them out, but I think uh, yeah, I think Denmark will be the favourites, but. He, Either of those, I don't particularly... If England can get through the Ukraine, England of those. I don't particularly fancy playing either of them. As weird as that sounds.
0: No, no. I, I'm i completely with you there. Um, So let's move on um, to what actually on paper, it didn't turn out that way, probably was one of the glamour ties of the round um, yeah. in Belgium versus Portugal. Obviously, um, Belgium won, Portugal nil. A lot of the game was characterised by portugal struggling to attack i mean dave I, I i don't know about you but we haven't seen such such poor such poor portuguese attacking since uh, the fernandine wars in 1369 <laughs> um, but that being said dave they've got all this wonderful attacking talent portugal yeah um, bruno fernandez Silva, ronaldo João felix i mean and then you've got creative players like renato sanchez And they play this stodgy brand of football, which obviously, credit to them, worked in 2016. But they just haven't really got going this whole tournament. No. Was this just like... Has this been coming, basically, is what I'm asking.
2: Yeah. One thing I'll say as well is all their midfielders that they have to pick from. Bruno Fernandes didn't start. Maybe that was down to fitness. But he put that... I think he's sporting Lisbon, Pal- Palhinha in centre mid, who, when I'd seen him in the group, didn't think he was particularly good. Uh, Mutinio, as much as I like that guy, for Wolves for a couple of years, he's been struggling to get around the pitch. So you're putting them up in midfield. Obviously, you've got Renato Sanchez. He's fantastic. But you can't accept him to basically do the running of the other two of the three, the other two in the midfield three, especially when they're up against Witzel and Tielemans. Tielemans is... You know, pretty much all over the pitch for Leicester, and witzel has been great at what he does for a long, long time. And he's Vitzel's one of those holding midfielders that's blessed with a little bit of pace for for someone in his role. And yeah, I just thought they set that up totally wrong. I don't know why they didn't put Bruno Fernandez in. Maybe he didn't think he'd played well enough in the groups, but his passing's just so good that all it would take is one good pass him in and you're unlocking Cristiano Ronaldo you you back him in most situations um i just i just thought it was a strange one from them really um i mean you say he didn't attack i mean i don't remember a lot of these chances well but according to google here they apparently had 23 shots in that game portugal I to belgium 6 i can't I really team, i but, can't really tell you that many yeah. chances
0: yeah. But. So this is this is what I wanted. To, uh, wanted to ask you, Mike, is because so much of so football an incredibly reactive sport, and so much of it is completely reflective on the game state that it's in. Um, I you go up a goal and you sit back and you defend. But I felt watching this, Mike, particularly given that you've got a very sh- shaky back three for Belgium. They're quite old. They're getting on a bit. They were obviously good players in their day, but I didn't feel like this was a case of them sitting back and being completely untroubled. I mean, Portugal were a bit blunted and missed, missed a fair few chances, but I thought this was a bit of a mismanagement from Marty Martinez. It just, he just sort of invited them on. What did you make of it?
1: Uh, I, I actually totally agree. I think the result says different, obviously, because Belgium could score a nice goal through uh, Hazard's brother, but um I actually felt Portugal, to be honest, were, were the better side for the most part. As as Dave mentioned there, shots-wise, they had, I think, far more. Uh, I don't know what... Yeah, Belgium had six shots. So, I mean, a lot of them weren't guilt-edged chances, but you had the one that hit the post uh, near the end. Joao Felix put one wide. There was a header from Ruben Dias that Courtois had to save. And if it wasn't straight at him, that would have been a goal. As you rightly say, a lot of it is to do with game state, and they were 1-0 down at the time, so Belgium are bound to sit deeper. But I do think... <laughs> I just don't back Roberto Martinez. <laughs> he sucks. He is a terrible manager. Yeah. I really think this Belgian team are getting them out of jail on quite a lot of occasions because they've got so much quality that they can just score that goal in one moment. Um, and you'd think Portugal would be able to do that given the players they have on the pitch Mm. they didn't manage it in this game Belgium did with one of with their only shot on target yeah Mm -hmm. their only shot on target Um, and that kind of yeah gets Martinez out of jail I guess I I think going forward teams have got to try and get down the side of of these centre-backs Portugal did a lot of putting the ball in the air and uh, for Vermael and Vertonghen and Older Vial that's kind of food and drink isn't it really it's what they want yeah, let's put it down the sides of them and really test them. I'd I'd like to see that.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because obviously in the next round, they're playing Italy um, in probably what is the glamour tie of the the next round. Um, I know when we discussed Italy prior to the tournament, we had, well, after the first couple of games, our concern there was Bonucci and Chiellini on the sides. Obviously, Chiellini's injured, but a Serb is pretty similar. Is that lack of pace when the fullbacks push on? Um, I mean, Italy and Belgium, if they've all got their players, fit those quick wingers, Dave, feel mm. like they're perfectly suited to sort of go at each other here. Are you expecting a high-scoring one in the next round?
2: Yeah, I think if they, I think if they both set up how they have so far, which is like you say, having those sort of slow defenders, but looking to basically break against teams and, and push forward pacey wingers it could be a pretty crazy game because both of them are going to be doing it for each other and like you say all their centre backs pretty much across the border are, are pretty slow mm. so it should be very interesting to see how the italians do against like both the hazards and even someone like martins and then on the other hand or carrasco whoever really they're all quite pacey aren't they the belgian wingers doku as well um right. and then on the other foot the italian wingers like Chies is rapid um Insignia, all yeah it's, it's gonna be pretty interesting matchup i think
0: it's good you bring up yannick carrasco because he maybe had yeah, when he came on. <sighs> the worst 10 minute sub appearance i have seen from a player seen,
2: yeah honestly it was a there dis- was a there was oh a oh my
0: god it was a disaster I saw someone someone
2: break it down and it was like he first touch he lost possession he misplaced like three passes lost possession again i don't think he actually did a single thing
0: right it's just an absolute disaster um mike obviously i, I don't know quite how they how the fitness is for hazard and de bruyne but they went off with knocks here i know ed and was feeling his hamstring how much i mean presuming that they they can play obviously belgium are a way better team but how do you fancy their chances if they're unable to play do you think belgium have enough to beat italy it'd be pretty tough wouldn't it without i saw martinez was claiming 50 50
2: uh i mean when managers are saying that at tournaments you've got to take it with a pinch of salt because obviously they want the team to not think that they're playing but then at the same time I guess you can't say that they are playing if they, if they can't. If they're, neither of them are playing, yeah, that's going to be a pretty big loss, to say the least. I'd say even in the star-studded Belgian team, other than Lukaku, Hazard and De Bruyne are the obvious two other top players that they have. So to have two of them gone, it's, it's going to put them at a huge disadvantage compared to if they had them available, that's for sure.
0: Rez, what would you do if you were in Martina's shoes? If they're not fit?
2: Bring Ben Watson back. Yeah, I thought so, Mike.
1: I, I like I like Trossard and maybe Mertens.
0: <laughs> mm, mm. No Luffiness here, Chadley? Is he still there? Oh, back your day ones. It doesn't matter if he's there. Get him in. <laughs> well,
1: yeah, why not? Late up. Late caller. Late I can't call-up. believe Ben Teke's on the bench.
2: Oh, it's really He's, funny, isn't have it? Have you seen
1: his record for Belgium, by the way? It's actually class. <laughs> oh my, Mignulae's on their bench. What is happening?
0: <laughs> it's all good. It's
1: all good. Um teke has got uh
2: sixteen and forty. Uh, okay, I'm getting mixed up with Batsman.
0: Yeah, what a play. Batsman's um,
2: it's really good.
0: Pushing you for a prediction, Brez, what what do you reckon happens in the next round between Italy and Belgium? Uh, Italy
1: win in extra time.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one to call, isn't it? Dave, are you back in Italy as well?
2: It's a really tough one.
1: Um, I don't know. I think, it's so annoying because Belgium can win in, in such small moments like we saw against Portugal.
2: Yeah, and Lukaku, for example, is so good at turning defenders at the best of times. If they're both slow, he could... Could, in theory, have a bit of a field day if he he can really turn up. Um, However, without De Bruyne and Hazard, I do feel inclined to back the Italians because, yeah, it would be massively to their advantage if those two don't play.
0: Yeah. You heard it here, folks. Um, Mancini gets revenge for the 2013 FA Cup final. (laughs) Um, Now, moving on to the two the two fixtures that took place on monday the 28th of june which is one of the greatest days of football in football history um let's start with the first absolutely batshit game um croatia spain 5-3 uh-huh. to spain after extra time dave um so a lot of the talk coming into the tournament was they were worried about um spain getting goals um yeah. particularly Morata at front but again we haven't i mean it was this was just an unbelievably clinical attacking performance of spain the like of which we haven't seen since the 1515 invasion of cuba um, <laughs> <laughs> but what did you make of it this performance. yeah
2: i thought i thought this whole game was amazing to be honest it was it really had it all um Spain were obviously great going forward. I mean, it is obviously a concern to have conceded free, but when they're creating this many chances, it's back to back games. It's got five goals in now. Um, I think Mike had said it last week at the end of the group stage. Maybe this is the real Spain now that they've, they've not got the COVID uh, stuff going through the camp. And, and maybe this is them at full strength and they actually are just this good going forward. Um, like I said, Finkenstein three is a bit of a concern, but those goals also have to. You have to give massive credit to Croatia. Um,
1: Apart from the first one.
2: Well, yeah, yes, yes. Sorry, I forgot that was that horrible flipping pass um, from. Well, it wasn't a horrible pass, sorry, from Pedri. <laughs> it was just horror from Unai. Well, it went down as a Pedri own goal. Yeah, I just uh, seen I'm that. So I swear he got that. A touch. Didn't he? Did he not get a touch on the top of his foot? No.
1: Sphere? No, it went down as a Pedri own goal, which is a travesty. Sorry. Whoever decides that, that is a disgrace that that's what that's gone down as by the way.
2: Uh, the one thing I will say with Spain as well is uh Laporte and Torres did not look very good in the air at all, which was a pretty big concern to take away from this one for them. They just they just literally couldn't couldn't really do anything in the air. And two of their goals from Croatia came from that at the end. Um, then basically not clearing their lines and not even challenging for a header at the end. But I mean, credit where it's due for Spain, everyone was saying I saw that Luis Enrique got loads of criticism for his squad. And also, like, like we said with a lot of teams, this Spain team obviously has a lot of talent, but it's not the Spain teams of like 10 years ago, is it? so no it's actually exciting
0: um <laughs> mike obviously uh spain have racked up quite a few goals now in the last two games rounding into forming and nicely how do you see it going from here on out for them
1: they're actually looking quite good aren't they uh, yeah apart from going backwards but um yeah i mean teams are gonna struggle to stop them scoring do they have switzerland in the next round
0: they do have switzerland yes
1: the swiss so that, it's very possible they can get through that, and then, who knows from there, you've only got to win two more.
0: Uh, Italy and Belgium, you're in then in the next round for you, enjoy that.
1: Yeah, that is a bit of a shame, uh, but I guess you've got to go through the good teams, uh, unless you're England, of course, in which case you just completely <laughs> In the, words, the sound of the draw. In the words of Chris Eubank, if you want to beat the best, you've got to beat the best. Um Murata on the score sheet though finally, which is actually oh, pretty huge for him. It was a class goal as well, by what the way. What a goal it was. Yeah. Did you I mean um, and Ferran Torres, by the way, his goal was really nice. This yeah. guy every time he turns up for Spain, this guy seems to score.
0: Yeah.
1: Every yeah. time I look, he's always scored.
0: I I think I think with it's interesting with City. Um they I mean Riyad obviously a brilliant player before he went to City, but he took a year to really get acclimatised to Pep's methods and be trusted. Same with Bernardo Silva. And I think it was the same with, uh, with Sterling at the start, to be honest. So you, you you kind of see this, they have a better second season. And he had a promising first season, but he really does have the tools to be something really quite different and dangerous for City out there, because he certainly is for Spain. Um, but Yeah, agreed. How great was it to see Murata score? Because he's had such a tough time of it. And he does, he is he's the antithesis of he would be a brilliant player if he could just, if he had like 10, if he had like Zlatan's confidence, he'd be a banging player because he gets in his own head. So it was, I thought it was, great. well, I certainly enjoyed watching him score. Yeah,
2: I was, I was oh, I, yeah, I was really pleased for him to be fair. When he scored me too
1: his own fans are singing in the stands that he can't score and he's crap. did you so, see yeah. did you see his
2: uh, actual family have been getting like abuse and i think people have even posted stuff through their letterboxes and stuff shocking so yeah i'm really happy that he scored even more so
0: now talking about his own fans getting annoyed at him I, i'm gonna be very careful what i say there um <laughs> <laughs> i've said plenty about him um Last hurrah for Croatia, really. Yeah. Because obviously this is a t this is a team who were comprehensively beat by England. They completely controlled the game. Obviously they they beat Scotland quite heavily and a disappointing tournament for them, really. But
2: I mean what? if Parasit if Parisic hadn't come down with Covid, this could have been a slightly different game. To be honest. Like he's one yeah. of the key players. And Vlasic actually played quite well, but obviously he wouldn't have played if it wasn't for Perisic having COVID. So he's there's no doubting he's an important player for them. It's it's pretty much the same as if, for example, Ferran Torres had had COVID
1: for Spain.
0: Mm.
1: Mike, how do you rate their tournament though, Croatia? They they haven't been great, I don't think. This was mm. probably their their best showing, and they still lost. So. Yeah. I think, I think it was fine. They're they're a decent. They've got some decent players, haven't they? Obviously Modric is still there, but you saw against England. I think what they really are, which is just okay. They're they're a fine international team. Yeah. Um, but I don't think they could have expected to get much further. Even if they beat Spain, there's not yeah. much here. I don't think.
0: Yeah. One last thing before we move on. Um looking at spain for the future in the tournament um is it a worry for for you two that the way they imploded in the last five minutes here
2: yeah it was definitely yeah it was definitely worrying i would say Mm
1: -hmm. i mean the swiss the swiss came back from 3-1 down and and the spanish gave away a 3-1 lead on the same night so you talk about like differing mentalities.
0: Yeah, hmm. it's all and a it, bit worrying. That'll
1: play on the on the Spanish players' minds. I think so. When 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 the, if they get a lead against Switzerland, it'll be in in their minds. I'm, you can be sure of that.
0: Yeah, I think so. Worrying times. Um, congratulations to uh, captain, fantastic Cesar Azpilicueta on his first goal for Spain. What a header it was, it was a too. goal
1: as well. I don't know what he was doing there, but it was a good
0: goal. Well, he just loves it. He's a European champion, Mike. What are you trying <laughs> to say? Um, right, let's move on to the French. Um, oh, I can't wait for this. Obviously, just a complete implosion. Dave, we haven't seen France surrender a lead like this since May 1940. Um <laughs> <laughs> they were not in the lead they were not in the lead um, uh, who wants to I mean, I mean I've got so much slander saved up I, I've been walking around all day calling Mbappe the wee wee Obertan um, the Ratatouille <laughs> Rio Miachi. Um, like I've got so much slander saved up so someone else has got to tell me about the actual football
2: well wow. uh, I couldn't really believe this with France to be honest the first goal to give away was a great header, obviously, obviously, from Sefirovic, but it was really sloppy from France. I mean, you've got Varane, Kimpembe and Longley at the back, who, in their own right, are three really good centre backs, and somehow they. <laughs> oh, okay, <Kimpembe. laughs> two and a half. <laughs> yeah, not
0: longley. Half.
2: not longley, not Longley. Kempembe and Varane, though, are, are absolutely fantastic. And somehow right. they got just done by, by a cross. Uh, just... Even that set the tone of of them maybe not being this massively great team that everyone expects from from them. I mean, saying that, they then went on to be 3-1-up. Pogba's goal was fantastic. When that went in, I was thinking, oh, this could be... How many more are France going to score? Could be four, could be five. And then for some reason... From about the 80th minute, they just literally couldn't get a foot on the ball. It was so weird to watch. They went from. They weren't great in the first half, but second half, I would say they dominated from about the 50th minute to the 80th. Yeah. And from the 80th minute, they just couldn't get on the ball. It was like you look at the players out there, you know, Pogba, Kante, Rabiot, Mbappe. I think Griezmann was maybe still on up until pretty much the end. These guys are some of the best in the world, and they literally could not get on the ball. And I still can't really believe what happened. To be so, honest,
0: let's start with the good. Um, yeah, Mike. Uh, I didn't. You're obviously you're not renowned for loving Paul Pogba. Fair enough. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. What did you, I thought he'd been one of the best players of the tournament. Yeah. And I thought he had a really good game here too. What did you make of it?
1: No, I actually agree. Yes, I definitely agree. He he's probably been the the brightest spark for France, barring maybe Benzema's return. Um yeah, his goal was um, um, unbelievable. It's worth mentioning that he did give the ball away for the third goal. Yeah. Um, other than that, though, he was pretty much flawless. The And uh, to be fair, he, and he has been all tournament, I will I will give him that. He's been excellent, and I would like to see a bit more of this when he returns to United uh, next season. No chance. But the French were just so complacent. They They just expected everything to either go in for them or the Swiss to just lie down and they'll just walk all over them. You want to talk about good performances? How about Granit Xhaka? Yeah. I was just gonna come on to him. Yeah, because
0: brilliant. It was quite weird for him and Pogba to be honest, because you have got these two players who are a bit maligned at club level, and they were, and they were putting in absolutely worldy performances. Like that that pass from Xhaka mm-hmm. was, for, I can't oh, remember man. for which one it was, was was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But what impressed me most about him was he was just he just he just drove them like it was a, like i mean this cliches galore but it honestly it was, like, it was a real captain's
1: performance and i was just I, I was so impressed by him i thought he was wonderful 100 percent, yeah that they're the sort of performances you need if you're going to pull off a a result like this as as switzerland against france pretty much you need one or two of those don't you
0: yeah, Dave, so obviously Benzema scored two in this game including a, just a, mm-hmm. a sublime first one but his his form in the tournament perhaps been the one bright spark for Deschamps perhaps the one thing that's gone well what do you rate the decision to bring him back into the fold now?
2: Yeah, I mean clearly it worked he, he got four goals so can't really ask for more than that from a, a striker um, clearly it worked I mean you could argue that when they were at the World Cup, playing someone like Giroud up there sort of worked for the benefit of the rest of the team. To be honest, I didn't really think Benzema was taking anything away from anyone else. Um, yeah, just we'll get on to the, the big elephant in the room He's, uh sitting picking up his fat PSG contract uh, a bit later. But that guy just... Yeah. Fraud, mate. Fraud. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Benjamin, clearly—he <laughs> scored four goals. He scored four goals. I'd say it was an inspired yeah. decision to bring him back into the fold.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we've we've seen some truly wonderful goals this tournament. But that that first one where he sort of—yeah. Oh, it, it was United. so good. Oh my oh, god, I
1: love, oh,
0: I love that goal. Oh, I I, I, re, I rewinded it. I rewinded it. But I mean, I want to just go back to something that. You, you touched on, not to go full Roy Keane, because obviously there were tactical problems in this game. Um, yeah. But first and foremost, Patrick Vieira said it at the heart, he's half, he said, it's nothing to, he said, as much as to do with the tactics is about desire. And I honestly, I felt like Mike Bassett in my room while I'm watching <laughs> this, because I was just sat there going get it, get
1: it in mixer, the French store market. Because but, yeah. They, yeah. they were just shirking everything. It was embarrassing. It was awful. It it was like they just thought the Swiss would just lie down and roll over and just let, and the French would just walk all over them. If I was French, oh my god! Well, oh my god, I I don't know if I could watch this team ever again. (laughs) (laughs) Remove. Yeah, Yeah, they
2: they were so arrogant that they thought that all they had to do was walk out onto the pitch and everything would follow. It was really bizarre.
1: Yeah, you've got good players, but you need to. Sh- yeah, it's the word. Yeah, arrogance. You need to show some desire. It was all. It was just dreadful. Yeah,
0: I do want to get some in on Mbappe, but before then, I, I just want to quickly talk about. Yes, the players' arrogance. I think. I think that was clear that the players obviously had not turned up in the right frame of mind. Really weird system that they lined up in. Obviously, they lined up in a three-four-three. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: World class. Pl- didn't work, did
0: it? World class players who didn't look like they were comfortable playing the thing. I thought as well as Pogba played and I th- I really do think Pogba played really well. I thought asking him and Kanté to play in a 2 was unfair on both of them because yeah. Pogba's not suited to it and you're asking Kanté to do who's already got in that system got to do the jobs of two men to do the jobs of three men and it didn't go unnoticed that Kanté didn't play well yesterday but he was just being asked to cover too much space. The Swiss were in behind in that pocket straight into the the face of that back three. Over and over and over again. I thought it was a real managerial disaster, to be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Deschamps had a had a stinker as well huh? here. He, that should not go unnoticed. You're right, Will. Yeah,
0: and let's just get right down to it. The wee wee overtime. <laughs> what is he? I don't know. He just this entire tournament. He just hey, I will say well, he's probably
2: it? he's probably had the best disallowed goal of the whole tournament. Give him that. Was it against Was it against Germany or Portugal when he scored that outrageous goal from the edge of the box, where he rolled the rolled his man a couple of times, and then it went went in, but someone was offside in the build up. Yeah,
0: he just didn't look right, did he?
2: No, he didn't look. It wasn't. It wasn't even a question of fitness. It just looked like he wasn't willing to work as hard as he should have done. Is what I felt. Like Ooh. when you compare Mbappe in this tournament compared to him at the World Cup, at the World Cup the guy did not stop running. He wanted to make everything happen. Maybe again that was because he understood that he had to do basically Giroud's running because obviously Giroud, the, Giroud presses and, and whatever, but it obviously doesn't have the same Giroud. even element as Benzema, for example. Honestly,
0: Giroud presses like he's playing garden bowls, mate.
2: But the thing is with the he thing is with move. Mbappe in this one. It was like his his own reputation had got to his head. He wasn't working as hard as he needed to. He wasn't doing things that he he has done to get himself to be in this level and having this reputation. He just expected the ball to come to him. He just expected everything to happen without him putting in the effort. And that is my takeaway from the four games. He really didn't have this desire to make things happen that we saw, we saw before at the World Cup. He just sort of thought... I'm killing Mbappe, People's, people are going to pass to me and I'm going to do things. But he had no desire to make things happen. It was really bizarre. Just looked like he never really gave 100% in, in any of the games. I didn't think
0: personally. Summed up his night, Mike, didn't it? When he was played through that absolutely lovely pass. And instead of taking it comfortably on his right, tries to take it on his left. He just seemed off, didn't he?
1: Yeah, that, that one was a really bizarre decision. I don't know why he didn't try and just bend it into the far corner instead. Yeah, take, as you say, takes it on his left and just stabs it wide. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, steps up for the penalty. He didn't look very confident. Uh, nope. Sommer makes the save. That's that's the French out. Yeah, he, he's not been good all tournament. Um, yeah, bit of a shame, really, because yeah. you want to see the best of the big players on the big stage. Yeah. He hasn't turned up at all, um, but it is nice to see the French out. <laughs> yeah.
0: I will say he's getting slandered for for te- for missing the penalty. Um, he's t- if you put yourself in a position, you're going to take the penalty fifth. More power to you. I wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, fair, play for, done, taking... it. fair yeah, play, play for even it. taking. play it on. Yeah, to be yeah. fair. Um, moment of the game, of course, was when the um, the ball was crossed over the Swiss half into um, Moussa Sissoko, put it into um, orbit. That was my moment of the game. Um, It does sound like we've been really one-sided and we've gone French, 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 and we've barely talked about the Swiss. The Swiss were were very... The Swiss fought and were really good and they had moments of quality. But the reason we focus on the French in this situation is I don't think it can be underplayed. How, A, stacked that French squad is. Mm-hmm. And be how much of an implosion this is. They should they should be sweeping aside Switzerland.
2: Yeah, play. I agree. Yeah,
1: they All should right. be. Um But it is worth mentioning, let's just give a give a bit of credit while we're here. Sefirovic's two headers were
2: great. Fantastic. Yeah. Particularly yeah.
1: that first one he just shrugged off uh Longley and and got enough power behind it to beat Larice, which isn't that hard. Um <sighs> The, the third one, get the, obviously the pass to uh,
2: Gavrinovich from Xhaka, yeah. Yeah,
1: Gavrinovich or Gravanov, whatever his name is. It's a he turns his man, pops it in the bottom corner in a moment of well huge pressure, one goal down, 90th minute. What I'll be honest.
0: Incredible. I'll be honest. A moment of delirium in my house. Me and my brother have practically leaped up. <laughs> We're like, this
1: is incredible. Unbelievable. Especially as this was obviously the same night as the Croatia-Spain game, which also finished
0: 3-3. Yeah, it was a mental, mental wild. day of football. What a, get, what a day of football. Honestly, what a day of football. Um, well done to the Swiss. Yeah. Well done to the Swiss, yeah. Finally attacking, not remaining neutral like in um, so many other situations. Um, <laughs> we haven't seen such Swiss sporting excellence since Wimbledon a few years ago, Dave. There you go. Um I like that one. Let's talk about the final two games quickly. Sweden, Ukraine. What did you make of it? Uh,
2: really, really good game to be honest. I thought it was a
0: full disclosure. I, a... I didn't watch it.
2: Okay, I thought it was a really good end-to-end sort of battle. Um, fair play to Ukraine. I thought Swedes were the favourites coming into this one. Zinchenko's goal. Did you watch it, Mike? Sorry. Um, no, I've,
1: I've
2: seen the highlights. Okay. What wow. did you think about Zinchenko's goal? Because as good a strike it was, I feel maybe the keeper could have done a bit better there. Um, basically, just basically, uh, ball comes across. I don't know if the guy meant it to go all the way across the box or if people missed it. Sinchenko's on the left, basically cuts across it beautifully, gets loads of power. It's not in the corner as much as he'd want. But and the keeper gets a hand to it, but it's sort of a glancing hand on the way into the net rather than a save. Just thought maybe I mean Sintchenko strikes great, but maybe he could do a bit better there.
1: I think he, I think he's fairly unsighted by the defender who's trying to trying to block it. I think it's. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Fair enough. He
2: hit really it's, well.
1: It would be a really good save, I think, if he makes that save.
2: But yeah, it was a it was a really good game. Forsberg bit gutted he's gone out he nearly yeah, scored yeah, a couple of worldies it. the one where he hit the bar Oh, cut inside his team man opened up the space I was like he's going to try and curl it and my god it was about an inch an inch from being one of the best goals of the tournament um obviously went to extra time neither team could really sort of force one free uh, a winner at the end um Big talking point really was the Swedish red that me and Mike are soaking around a bit. I don't know if you've seen it,
0: Will. Uh Yes, I have seen that.
2: I just, I think it's a red card because it's dangerous, but at the same time, the guy's won the ball and I really don't know where he's expected to put his feet. It's, it's like, a, it's a red card, but there's literally no intent behind it. He's just unlucky. He's just, both players are unlucky. The Ukrainian guys, unlucky to come out on the end of that tackle. And the Swedish guy's unlucky that he's. I mean, I saw people saying that it's only happened because the Ukrainian guy's challenging for the ball, but I think both of them just unlucky here. Just it could have been like a nothing fifty-fifty, but his yeah, his foot literally went right on the guy's knee, which yeah, it didn't look good in the replays to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, disappointing think, tournament
1: between. I think yeah, letter of the law, it's it is a red, but. yeah yeah yeah, what do you expect him to do with his foot it's like a football he he came through the yeah he came
2: through the ball he kicked the ball his feet are always going to carry on forward Uh, and unfortunately the ukrainian guy put himself there yeah it's just really unfortunate for both players yeah it's just really unfortunate for both players i
0: thought Mm. Mm. well let's be honest lads um disappointing tournament for Sweden. Of course it's not the sec. It's not the first time they've come second best to the Ukraine, but it is the first time since 1709. Um <laughs> so I-, I think the Swedes will be back again obviously. They've got a nice squad, but to be honest lads, this was just for this was just lost in a haze for me this game.
2: I will it's- say the winner was absolute scenes for Ukraine by the way. The guy's yeah. first goal for Ukraine as well.
0: Yeah. But Dave, it was just lost in he was just lost in a sea of emotion. I think for the entirety of England, because yeah. after yeah. after I mean we've saved it to the end. Blue Harbour FC,
1: <laughs>
0: the m assassin Gareth Southgate, he's done it again. The MS mastermind. It's a what what a man. Um, England finally beat Germany 2-0 it doesn't matter that the Germans were have shown signs of not being perhaps great all tournament another clean sheet Harry Kane's finally on the, the goal sheet Raheem Sterling continues to defy all the odds and all the people who are against him Dave talk me through the emotion that you you felt watching this one. Oh, it was it, it had it all
2: reading um Like most England games, unfortunately, I was quite nervous in the first half, Um, but I was pleased that we were making some chances. Sterling had a nice one early on from outside the box. Um, I thought we were pretty solid uh, defensively. Um, Obviously, second half, Sterling's goal was great. However, when he put Thomas Muller free, I think everything went in slow motion. It was only like 10 seconds, but it honestly felt like a couple of minutes. Jaw dropped. I was like, no way. And somehow Thomas Muller misses a chance that he probably scores 99 times out of 100. And then mm. obviously Kane sealed it even sweeter. He'd been crying out for a goal and, and he got it. you obviously- had me
0: cry his first half performance. Good Lord. Yeah, first half he was he was really bad. Yeah. Um, so Mike, perhaps the most the most scrutinised man in world football, Gareth Southgate. We've 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 complained, we've all complained about it. Mm-hmm. We've all we've all keep complaining about it. But Brez, he got it absolutely spot on tactically here, didn't he? They
1: yeah, I, I think he got it right again. Yeah, I'm starting to feel like I should stop questioning his lineups when they come out. <laughs> that's that's how I feel. I mean, the back three was obviously a bit of a talking point going into this one. Saka getting the nod as well. Um, everyone's calling for Grealish, Sancho, whoever, whoever bloody isn't on the pitch is getting called for. Um, but yeah, once again matched up with the Germans as far as. Formation goes in this game and it worked. Completely so, nullified. Yeah, to, totally. Other than that, Muller chance which we put on a plate for him. Mm. Um, yeah, they didn't have a lot and, and we finished our chances when they came. And that's, I think, I think, yeah, I think it was a, it was a smart England performance. They, it's kind of like, kind of like a boxer wood. They just sent out a few jabs. Saw what the Germans had in their locker. Worked out the weakness and then exploited it both times down that left hand side mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the transition. It, yeah, yeah. It was un, it was unreal. It was unreal, wasn't
0: it? Brilliant, wasn't it? Um, I I think it's we've for so long at, with England managers we sit there and we and we 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 talk about them. Why can't we ever make these tactical shifts in tournaments? Why can't we ever? We're not tactically at the same level as other coaches from around the world and things like that. I think that's fair enough, but this is a, this is a really brave gutsy decision because if England lose this one nil, like my dad, my dad came away. I was talking to my dad and my dad goes before the game, he goes, he goes, well, he better win. He better win. He better win. And I was like, all right, what would you do? What I would you do? He's, was one
1: of those though? Yeah. It, well, he, he can't he, lose playing this way. No, I, I, I get that.
0: But he was, I mean, I mean, I do, I do wonder about some of the things people want because I, I said to my dad, right? So who are you playing? He said, he said I don't get why we're playing five at the back and those two sitters in midfield. And I was like, oh, so who are you playing in sitters in midfield? And he said Foden or Grealish, and I was like, right, okay. <laughs> um, but how refreshing, Dave, is it to have Southgate be willing to make the tactical switches, even if they are more pragmatic? How's it exciting? Feel- is it? that we've got a manager who feels empowered enough to be brave enough to make those decisions.
2: Yeah. I think it's great to be honest, like Mike said, maybe we should start just trusting him. and not questioning him, but it it shows huge okay. managerial and tactical uh, like maturity and experience. I think to, to be like, okay, I'm not necessarily going to play what could be like on paper, our best system. I want to play to make sure that we nullify the team and, and the team we're against. But also, yeah, I think to go into this game and just match Germany's formation is hell of a ballsy call, but also one that I'm happy the manager is thinks he's able to do and, and one that he feels that he can do. Because fair play to Southgate, this obviously means that in the training, long before they drew Germany, I'm sure they would have had a few sessions where they well, trained they, this formation and stuff.
0: They, they played three four three at the in a in a four bad the last World Cup too. Um
2: I just I just think it's I just think it's refreshing rather than an England manager that just sticks to his staple tactics non stop. Four Might Bassett's willing
0: to change. Full Mike Bassett, four four fucking Fucking two. (laughs) Um Mike, Harry Kane obviously getting off the mark after a fantastic bit of work from Jack Grealish who let's not forget Dave gave the keys to Birmingham too. Um hey look what a player what a player. <laughs> um, but how big is
1: that goal for Harry Kane?
0: Obviously it was big in the game, but how big is it for him personally do you reckon?
1: I think I think that's massive. It will obviously shut a few people up who've been calling for anyone else to start up front or to come on for him. Um he's repaid Gareth's faith in him, I think. For a striker, obviously goals are what you're after. For someone like Kane who is gonna have all the all the hype around him and all that stuff. He's gonna he's gonna have kept being asked questions, you haven't scored yet, you haven't scored yet. Um and to get that almost monkey off his back is is massive for him. I think he'll take huge confidence obviously into the rest of the tournament. And it, it can only be a good thing for England that Kane scored. He's looked a bit off the pace, as we've mentioned a few times on here. Uh and I think rightly so to be honest. But yeah. he gets his goal and yeah, I think going forward for England that is massive. Your striker on the score sheet and just to have someone else who scored a goal that's not Sterling.
0: Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point.
1: was going to say goals from other areas, don't you?
2: Going to say on Sterling, he was magnificent. He did not stop running, his drive going forward but also his defensive work and getting back. I thought yeah, what a performance yeah. from Raheem
0: Sterling. Yeah, night the man. Night the man. Yeah. Um well, just what, what an emotional day. But Dave, um, looking ahead now, uh-huh. is dangerous, looking ahead to the game against um, the Ukraine. Bit of an interesting one here because you would imagine that Gareth might revert back to the system he was playing beforehand couple of interesting ones there. Do you bring Grealish in from the start in that number 10 role? Do you restore Mount, who obviously was playing there? Do you you keep the faith in Saka? Do you keep the faith in Trippier, who's probably not as good as an orthodox right-back? A lot of selection dilemmas. What would you you be inclined to do system-wise, players-wise?
2: To be honest, given how well these guys played, the only change I think I would make is put Sterling on the right and put Grealish on the left. And just play the... And yeah, I mean, these guys played great yesterday. I don't know why you necessarily tinker that. And maybe it's arrogance from, from us as England, but I don't think we should necessarily be making as much as a game plan for Ukraine as we did Germany, if that makes sense. Just because when, when you match us up with Ukraine, you know, we are, let's be honest, far and away... The more talented squad. I mean, they have a handful, a handful of good players, but you know, if you if don't really see any of those guys getting near our team, for example. I mean, they they but at the same time, Ukraine have to be respected. They've they're just at the same stage of us in the tournament, and yeah, you can't write them off. They they played well yesterday. They didn't give up, so i think it's an interesting one also quickly i should have mentioned him before ukraine have i think it's like step step yankee or something he's like a
0: he's
2: no not he's they've got like an 18 year old center back he is class he is he's destined for greatness i'm i'm already convinced
0: i haven't a clue what dave's doing
2: mike what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just saying because I'm sure this uh, guy will play well against us. It was and, like, it was him like
0: a, w- you ask for, you asking for both sides of the coin and he gives you an octagon version of side Okay. Dave, stop
1: it, shut yeah. it. Mike, give me your thoughts. Uh, Ukraine played 3-5-2 in the, against Sweden. I think I would match the 3-5-2. Uh, so it would be pit, same back three, same wing backs. Um Depends on the fitness of Henderson, but I'd probably stick with Phillips-Rice. Mount would come in, and then Sterling and Kane up top. Mm. Mm. And match them up. I don't think we can afford to lose the midfield battle, so I'd go, I'd match them for numbers in there. Yeah,
0: I, I obviously think Major Mount should come back in. That's, but that's just because I think he should play every time. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: obviously, Grealish would miss out. But, but to be fair, Grealish off the bench, I'm not too unhappy with that. I mean... He, he made a difference
0: I thought when he came on so yeah I I he him off the bench particularly when people start to tire I think is a real potent option um quickly touching on the Germans not a great performance from them I mean like, I'm not going to make the obvious joke and tell you that it's it's the worst performance from a German since you know oh, don't um <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm not going to make the obvious joke. It makes the obvious joke. Um, that said, Mike, um, I thought, aside from King Kai Havertz, they were really poor.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Havertz was pretty much their only good player, and they've got a lot of very talented players. Um, Werner had a couple of chances that Pickford saved pretty well. That obviously would change the perception. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know what the word is, but it would have changed the game, obviously. But other than that, they really didn't offer that much, did they? Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't think they can be too upset with the scoreline. Obviously, yeah, Werner's chances are Muller, but if you don't take those, you're going to get punished at this sort of level. And that's, I think, that's pretty much what happened to them.
0: We should enjoy it while, while it lasts because Yogi yeah. Lowe's, um reign is, is now at an end and Hansi Flick who, uh, <laughs> uh Pretty ominous at Bayern, but um, we'll see how see how he gets on in the next few years. Probably a World Cup. Um, that said, looking ahead now to the Ukraine. Um, are, you, are either you going to dare to give me a prediction?
2: I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a close game still. Uh, I'm going to say England 2-1. By the way, it's it's Sabanyi, the centre-back. A real player. You'll see on
1: Saturday. I hope we don't see. Sterling's going to have him on toast. <laughs> Go on, then. I, I, can't I... Give you, I can't
0: give you a prediction. No, I, I won't be giving a prediction either. <laughs> Too much know, for coward. i predict all the other
1: three games if you want, but I, I can't do it. That's OK.
0: That is OK. Um... That will actually do us... I do have a stat of
2: the week, lads.
0: Oh,
2: there's a stat of the week! That is a stat of the week. Here we we go, it's a stat of the week. Right, so players left at the Euros. Real Madrid only have two players left. Brighton have three. (laughs) No way. Brighton have Sanchez at Spain, Trossard at Belgium, and uh, Ben White. And Real Madrid just have, uh, how's it? Come on, think. I did, I did have this thought earlier, but I've um, I've actually lost my tether of who Real Madrid even has left.
0: Courtois, Dave.
2: It's Courtois and is it
0: Hazard?
2: Yeah, yeah, Hazard and Courtois. Sorry, they're the two players now. But
0: great.
2: I just thought that was an interesting stat. Who'd have fought it? Yeah. Army,
0: um, Army, to be fair. I guess while we're there, have you got a, a report on Joel Linton at the Copper America? Oh, wait, he's not playing there. They didn't take him. Um, didn't they? That is, <laughs> that's a terrible decision. Uh, no, pretty good decision, I think. You're fine. Um, Wazzic of the week is, of course. Of course. It's Killian Mbappe. No, actually, it's not. It's Adrian Rabio's mum.
1: Yeah, that's sensational, by the way.
0: That is, if what, you did, seen...
2: what did Rabiot's mum do this time? Uh, uh, if, she's,
0: if you haven't seen this, there is a video of um, Adrian Rabiot's mum, who is renowned for being a, a bit of a, a shitter. Yes. Um, in the stands, berating Mbappe's family after he misses. Oh, my God. Which, I'm going to be honest, uh, is not is unacceptable in all corners. But when you're Adrian Rabio it's doubly unacceptable. So, she also I, had I mean, a go at Pogba's,
2: uh, Pogba's family as well because he lost the ball. Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ! I know she was. She's been problematic throughout his whole career because I don't know if she, she still is his agent, but she used to be his agent yeah, she and was. she's she's messed up quite a few things for him. Uh, yeah, used to be at Man City back in the day, uh, and she
0: put that to an end as well. So. Uh, that's exactly the reason why I never signed up on football manager, because I've not got time for that. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I've not got time for that. Um, Yeah, so it could be coming home, it could be staying away. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen. But that one thing we do know is that that is the last thing we're saying on this week's In and Around podcast. But if you want to, in the meantime, if you want to follow Dave, Dave, where can I follow you? Uh,
2: it's at Dave Harrison, score 44.
0: Mike, if they want to follow you, where can they follow you? Uh, at Mikey Breslin on Twitter as well. And you can follow me at Wordhunt17, but please don't please instead follow us at In and Around Pod on all the socials, including ChristianMingle.com. Um, if you want to find more words from us, you can do so at In and Around But until next time, good night. Sayonara whoa 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 you can't be signing off with the japanese thing when yes, england have ju-
1: castle, you when, can. Yeah, but,
0: yeah but england have just dominated in a manner in a manner mike we haven't seen since they went to agincourt like how are you going to do that
1: okay well the blue Har- the blue harbour brigade march on,
0: Come anyway, on. yeah gets 7s army <laughs>